Want more Hamish in Paris? Download the Hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au. Over the weekend, I went to a music festival, as yeah. you're aware, in Adelaide. Yes. And I did something pretty bad. And I'm not talking about against the law. No. Okay. Just against the laws of friendship and trust. Uh, what have you done? Okay, so getting ready for the music festival. I was at a friend's house who wasn't going to the festival. Mm. I wore my Doc Martens, like a white dress, yep. some sunnies. Yeah. And on my sunnies, I had a sunnies chain. Now, yep. the thing about this part of the get-up is that the sunnies chain was mine, but the sunnies themselves were my friends. I forgot to take my sunnies there. Yep. My mate was like, oi, Paris, you can wear mine. Yep. I was like, are you sure? These are $300 Ray-Bans. To which she oh, was wow. like, sure, sure, sure. If you break them, you can just buy me a new pair. Yep. I'm like, ha, 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 break? Whomst is that? Yeah. I don't know. Break. I will not be breaking these sunglasses. Uh-huh. I will be returning them to you in full tact. Don't you yep. worry about that. I will not have to spend $300 on replacement sunnies. Mm. I had to spend $300 <laughs> on replacement sunnies. I broke the sunnies. Wow. So what happened and why the sunnies chain is important is because the sunnies were hanging around my neck yeah. and an intoxicated friend of mine mm. grabbed the sunnies Uh-oh. and yanked them yeah. and it fully, I don't know how this happened because we're talking about real Ray-Bans. I've got no idea how they were so weak. Mm. The arm of one side snapped off oh, and wow. not at the hinge, like between the hinge and the ear, fully snapped so there was no way that I could go and repair them. Yeah, that's insane. You know what? I blame your friend. Well, I borrowed and broke came, and yeah. this isn't the first time it's yeah. happened to me. Right. I borrowed your tent and broke it. You did. You borrowed did. And broke. Borrowed and broke. Yeah. Borrowed and broke. The, the breaking of your tent was on purpose, but it was still a borrowed and broke. Pardon me? Have you ever borrowed and broke? Uh, I've actually been lucky enough to not borrow and break. I've had stuff borrowed from me, obviously, other than that tent and broken by other people that then had to replace. Uh, and that was, um, like, uh, I had a friend that borrowed a bike of mine actually and bought it back in two separate pieces, which was oh, lovely. Man. Oh so. man. See, I have never done anything that extreme, but mm. I can't believe that you've never, ever done it. Borrowed and broke. That's something that happens to people all the time. I'm sure of it. So 13, 12, 16, please, we would love to hear stories. When have you borrowed something, whether it's from a mate, a sibling, your parents, and then it's broken or you've mm. broken it. 13, 12, 16 is the yeah. number. Yeah, give us a call. Tyler is on the line, mate. What's happened to you? I have borrowed my girlfriend's car, mum's car, and I rolled it. <laughs> oh, no. Did you roll it? Was this late at night? You just were driving somewhere and something horrible happened? What actually went down? Um, what happened was I was going around the corner and um, there was an uneven road, flipped the corner of the road, overcorrected, and when I overcorrected, it flipped the car. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. <laughs> well, lucky that you're okay, yeah, first of all. Yeah, But how did your girlfriend's mum react when she found out that you'd rolled the car? Well, she didn't want me driving at all, but um, she was pretty fine with it. Full comprehensive insurance, obviously, but that was all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, far out. Yeah, she seemed okay. Well, I ended up driving myself to hospital in my own car when I got back. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she seemed pretty all right with it. Girlfriend so, was more devastated than her mum was. Yeah. Was there ever the offer again of uh, the car for you to borrow? Yes, actually. Oh, wow. 
Well, I mean, you're not going to do it twice. Well, once you do it once, it's like you sort you learn your lesson, don't you? Do you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> all right, Tyler. Thanks for the call. That's all right, Liz. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. All right, time for another conspiracy theory, Paris. Yeah, peel uh, back those layers. Oh, so many layers. It's like an onion. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there is a secret hotspot for paranormal and UFO activity in the States. It's not Area 51. That's just a UFO stuff. Yeah. This is a ranch in Utah in the United States. It's known by a couple of different names. Sherman Ranch and Skinwalker Ranch being just two of the names. Just the fact that it's a ranch is yeah. creepy. Yeah, 500 Very acres creepy. of this ranch. Oh, Chockers. Gosh. With UFO and paranormal activity. In fact, have a listen to this. The ranch is located southeast of Ballard, Utah, and was previously known as the Sherman Ranch. For years, stories of cattle mutilations, sightings of UFOs, orbs, and Bigfoot, among other paranormal events, have been reported on the ranch. Many of these were witnessed by the Sherman family, who owned the property from 1994 to 1996. The ranch has been dubbed the Skinwalker Ranch in reference to scary Native American legends of a shape-changing creature. Yes. So many That's things freaky. wrong with that. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yes. when you get yeah. into the legends. Mm. When you get into the Native American legends. Legends, like, yeah. I believe it more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure why that is. Now, I'm surprised we haven't brought this up previously because there have been plenty of investigations held on the ranch. Tons of documentaries made, books written, podcasts and interviews produced. Uh, it's amazing how much content there is out there, and no one has actually come up with any answers as to why it's happening. Since 1994, there have been sightings of pretty much anything and everything. UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, oh glowing orbs, poltergeists, you name it. Now, to add a little more legitimacy to the claims, former Army Colonel John Alexander was part of uh, one of the studies. And, and this is what he had to say about what they found. We learned that it's in charge, that's for sure. I think what we learned was that the events were certainly real and tangible and definitely occurring. They weren't figments of somebody's imagination or folklore or any of these sorts of things. But as for the etiology, we remain mystified. It is amazing. Nobody has any answers as to why it's happening on this ranch in particular. Hey, is today Conspiracy Theory Tuesday mm. or Fact Sharing Tuesday? Well, that's right. True Story True Story Tuesday. Tuesday. We might have to change the name of it just for today. It is amazing. If you're looking for the ultimate experience in everything weird, you can visit the Skinwalker Ranch or Skin Crawl Ranch, as I would like to Ooh. call it, because that is what happened when I learned about this place. Is it real? Uh, or is someone dosing the water supply with hallucinogenics? We will never know. Although I know, but could... I would rather not. <laughs> rather not check it out. You can check it out for yourself, as in just go online, Google Skinwalker Ranch, and you will find an amazing amount of stuff there. How was your weekend? Well, I spent the whole weekend pretty much doing this. Every day I'm shuffling. 
How throwback Thursday I know, isn't it just? Uh, No, I didn't do that sort of shuffling, unfortunately. Uh, It wasn't the dance style shuffling. It was furniture shuffling. Let me explain. My wife... you're shuffling your furniture. Yeah, my wife went away for uh, a girls' weekend that started on Thursday and finished up uh, yesterday, actually. It was a girls' long weekend in Brisbane. They had a bunch of fun. And so I was at home with my boys. So it's myself and, and my two kids, and we decided... Uh, to shuffle furniture around, we reorganised the boys' bedrooms. Oh, so really? they normally How have a room. Nice. Yeah, they normally have a room each, and we spent hours and hours on Saturday. I think it was uh, moving uh, uh, the bed from Adam's room into Sam's room. So we had t- they've got the two beds in mm. the one bedroom. And then we had a leftover room, obviously, being Adam's room. So what we did was move any shelves. And I had to, it took hours because I had to take the shelves out of Sammy's room and they wouldn't fit through the door. So I had to take them to pieces, take them all the way out, put them back into uh, Adam's room and then put them back together. And so Adam's room has become now uh, a gaming room. So we we had this tiny little TV that was in the kitchen. I put that in there in the shelves so I can... Uh, uh, look, we uh, I hooked up a Nintendo to it, which is great. So I can play. Yeah. I mean, they can play Nintendo uh, <laughs> in in there. It took hours, absolutely hours. Yeah, look, there's some pretty big calls to be making yep. when Mum's away as well. Hey, I mean, yep. rearranging the household, yep. making a gaming room, yep. undoing the shelves, yep. and of course, your kids have shelves just far too large for a standard door. They yep. must be deconstructed. Well, um, yeah, no, look, it's not not large shelves. It's small doorways and hallways, as it turns. <laughs> out. So, oh, yes. I forgot you live in a tunnel system. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Okay. So, so yes. what I'm getting so far is yep. that it wasn't the best idea. Well, uh, no. So, my wife got home yesterday and she took a look at what we had created. The two beds in the one room. So, it was a one room for the boys, a gaming room for the boys, all three <laughs> of us, uh, in, in the other room. And she said, okay, I'm not entirely happy with that, but let's let's put it to a vote. Let's yeah. put it to a vote and, and see how it goes. So, I know that myself and my two boys were super keen on it, but we still took it to the vote. So, as it turns out, the vote was... One to three, uh, and we still lost somehow. So, oh my god! And the boys were part of this. Uh, no, we all voted yes. My one, my vote, my wife oh. voted one, uh, no. She was the one vote. We were the three votes. Still found a way of losing. Really? So yesterday afternoon, she could win the vote. <laughs> As if. Yeah. Yesterday oh. afternoon, we did more of this. Every day I'm shuffling. And you moved it back. Everything got moved back. Everything got moved back. You're whipped. (laughs) Well and truly. You knew that going into that story anyway. Well and truly whipped. Hey, there's a few things in life that all human beings enjoy, all right? Whether it's a massage or it's a really hot day and you finally get that refreshing dip of your toes in the ocean or a swimming pool. It's only human to enjoy those things. It's in our nature, Mm -hmm. right? I believe one of those things, something that qualifies in those categories, is the smell of fresh cut grass. Oh, yeah. It's very, I've it's never, nice. ever met a person in my entire life who doesn't enjoy the smell of freshly cut grass, especially when mm. it's a little bit damp on the ground. Oh. The grass is being cut. Mm-hmm. You go outside. Yep. You can take a deep breath in. Oh. Oh, my yep. gosh, there's nothing like it. Just thinking about it makes me feel good. It gives me the warm and fuzzies, right? Yeah. 
Wrong. What? As it turns out, mm-hmm. the smell of fresh cut grass is a lot more traumatizing than we think. Now, scientists have actually done some research on this thing. They've mm. gone, why does it smell this way when you cut grass? Yep. But when it's uncut, it obviously has no scent. You mm-hmm. don't go outside and smell the green grass. Well, as it turns out, the pungent smell is a warning sign that grass gives off to other plants to warn that it is under attack. Oh, wow. Do I know what plants do when it thinks it's under attack? Absolutely not. No. I've got no idea what the benefit of this feature or evolution moment that grass is having is, but the scent doesn't come from nowhere. It's the grass getting cut and then going, oh no, we're under attack. We're going to release this scent into the air Mm. and warn all the other plants and greenery around us. Okay, look, I I get it. I I think it's disappointing that we are loving the smell of a warning signal given off by plants, them screaming to, uh, oh, sorry, grass, screaming to other plants, but what are they screaming? Run, we're under attack. A plant can't do that. Can't go anywhere. What can it do? Just sit there and wait. Yeah, see, I don't get that, but the scariest part of all of this isn't Mm. that fresh-cut grass is actually the traumatising screams of innocent grass (laughs) blades. It is that this study uh, sort of insinuates that plants do feel a level of pain, and that is because when a predator bites down on a plant leaf, the wound created triggers a release of calcium. Mm -hmm. A chain reaction is then set off in the plant, and it leaves the stem until every part of the plant is reached. Releasing calcium triggers a hormonal response in the plant to protect its leaves, and in some cases, a plant will release these chemicals that makes it taste bad. Oh, okay. So wow. it's a defense mechanism. It is a defense mechanism. And I'm a veggie. I'm a veggie. I know that's a little known fact, but it's there a we go. worry, isn't it? Uh, what are you going to do now? I'll still eat plants. Of course you will. Absolutely. As they're screaming as you chew on them. Oh, look, I'll be honest. I'm not freshly picking any of my vegetables. <laughs> yeah. no. At least frozen section. Thank you very much. Yeah. Want more Hamish in Paris? Download the hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au.